I have to work on is not speaking so loud when we're recording this podcast because my microphone just picks up my voice. Your microphone picks up both of our voices, like okay, right. almost evenly. Mm-hmm. Like my, and I do all these things to like try to remove my voice, but it's like time consuming. And I know I'm projecting right now. It's just so hard to talk low. Just mindful. Everything's mindfulness. But I, I feel like if I don't project, then I have vocal fry. It was probably a happy medium. You know, when you go between cat and cow, <laughs> you find neutral. <laughs> I do know that. It's yeah. just, I don't know, sometimes I get excited and I'm talking loud. Right. Well, it ha- happens to the best of us. I went to a man in LA in a restaurant. And I'll tell you, this restaurant, it was in a bank. Like a, like a, <laughs> I like feel a, like you are like talking quiet. Like <laughs> I'm trying to. Right I now. listened to this. Did I, wait, I told you about Anna Paquin reading Ruby Fruit Jungle, uh, yes. the audio book. And she's, she, she she's like, it like she's afraid of the person in the next room hearing what she's Hey, it's like six hours of that. Like, why? Anyway, I could play you it. A- I'm a tenant in that house, and that's all I ever was. I got no one but my own sweet self. <laughs> Carl looked startled and said, You got oh. me. I'm your father. You ain't gonna be alone when I'm around. Oh, Daddy, you never are around. Totally whispering. <laughs> why are you whispering? I'm right here. <laughs> It's a really strange choice. One time I was out in LA, like downtown LA, and I was in some restaurant that was like an old bank that was converted, like an old, like kind of like beautiful bank that was like marble inside. Don't travels there. Mm-hmm. It's echoey. I was really high and I'm sure wasted drunk. And I was with my friend and her husband and we were definitely all having a good time. And at the end of this guy's meal, he came over and he was like, you, ma'am, are the loudest woman I have ever heard. <laughs> You screamed during our whole meal. Wow. And I was like, oh, God. but I felt like I just felt like I was being me. And right. I don't I've never been told that before or since. He could have been particularly. I mean, it sounds like you did at least enough to catch his attention, yeah. which some would say was too much. <laughs> Maybe it was like the acoustics in there. Like, yeah, you know, like a Grand Central, like you can whisper in yeah. one part and then all the way at the other part, the person can hear you. Right. Because of the way the dome is. Well, this had a dome. There, There is often that screaming person in a restaurant and, you know, or, <laughs> or group. So There's I, three of us. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big. Sometimes some members of the group are louder than others, I notice. <laughs> they don't even match the volume. Honestly, I, I felt I like there. I had it, to speak loud because it was an echoey room and yeah. there were a lot of people talking. Yeah. Um, sometimes rooms like that have like like dining rooms will have just the worst acoustics and you can't hear the person yeah. sitting next to you and it's like how is this built this way yeah you didn't pay any attention to any kind of sound engineering anything did you it's worth it it's worth worth it to to spend the extra money that's why i love night moves james murphy's nightclub that's like exclusive and uh-huh. not exclusive in like there's only famous people way it's just like only his friends way or like people that are like associated with people that work there yeah but the way that the sound is designed in there is so nice because the music is loud and you can completely hear everyone that you're talking to yeah yeah it's so nice like that's cool that's exactly how that should be exactly the speakers look super expensive and fancy they're like wooden it's it's just a nice experience to go there you know good yeah good if i had money like that that's exactly what i would do i would have a place wooden speakers well, yeah, we'll have some downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> God, I still have to sell those. I know, Our friend, I'm just thinking about that. Hey, is anyone interested in some speakers? <laughs> we have a pair 
of Sonus Faber. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. That's how I pronounce it. Mm-hmm. That's how I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonus Faber speakers. They're wood, like super fancy, really nice. I Googled them. They go for $15,000 each. We have a set. And then we also have, what is it called? Not a boom, a boost. What's it called? Oh, that box. A, a subwoofer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have one of those that's apparently really fancy too. I'll put the information in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. We don't have to sell this stuff for $30,000. We'll give you a huge discount. Especially, you know, if you live in New York and you can just come pick it up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you're interested in that, I'll post pictures. I've got to sell it. Wait, did I tell you about how I fell for a scam? Oh, it's I'm so embarrassed about it that I haven't really I don't think I've told anyone. Wow. Are you sure you want to tell about it? Um, I didn't lose anything but my time, which I find valuable. Time is more valuable than money at this point in my life. Now that I'm on the back nine, you, th- you know, I'll, I'll live to be older than 80. Probably. I bet I, I bet I live to be like 97. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. <laughs> you know? Uh, yes. I <laughs> I keep coming in and out. <laughs> I'm rambling. I'll tell you that. You've just been going for a little while. I feel like. <laughs> I guess the edible did just kick in. Okay. Okay, but so I did fall for this scam. Oh yes, yes, right, the scam. I applied for a bunch of different like remote like work at home jobs just for some like extra cash, like proofreading or like copy editing, whatever. So someone like wrote to my email they must have like posted what i'm guessing now was some kind of fake ad on like zip recruiter or like you know one of those places like Mm -hmm. some kind of fake like want ad for this copywriter job or whatever copy editor i'm it's it's very embarrassing because i always considered myself like don't bullshit a bullshitter Mm -hmm. like i can capture scammers i'm gonna give them trouble i'm gonna give them you know a hard time Oh my God. Humbling. I really, really did. Wow. Okay, so. That's good. That's what that person should be doing then. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that shows. Okay, so it was Electro World Support. Here's my first problem. All right, so it's from Ethan Carter, 4252 at gmail.com. Why did I respond to a Gmail address? Mm. I think I didn't even look. Yeah. Because there's a logo and everything, and Electro World is a real company Uh that's based in, like, I don't know, Switzerland or somewhere. Austria, maybe. Please, attention. (laughs) Our team is happy to welcome you. We received your application for the work position. Below, you will find an attached file with a description of the work. Please read carefully and come back to us with your decision. So the job description. For the work position. It says copy editor in the the subject line. I know, but they still, just that parlance, because you'll see that. It really reminds me of, this is is, uh, Mr. McAllister. The father. <laughs> okay, but you'll hear why. It's because yeah. they're all foreign and they want, they're writing emails in English, but they, uh, English is a second language. So the, my job is to fix their emails. Oh. It was, it psychologically fucked with me. Because wow. I was, you know, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, they, they do need help. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, you know, you might meet a few people, but they were getting. This was all psychological and it's so good. We're glad to welcome you. My name is Ethan Carter. I'll be your personal consult. I am a specialist of the American agency of the European company Electro World. Like now we're getting it back. I'm like, yeah, Mm, duh. But before I was like, yeah, they they need help with this. Holy shit. Like I can I can do this bang up for them. Right. 
about our company, we represent the American agency of a major European company. And then it says Electro World, different font and italic. <laughs> so they like it was some like bot that yeah, they programmed. Right. So every business day, Monday to Friday, you will receive an email containing texts from for editing from us. You will only have 24 hours to complete them. <laughs> Or you'll die. I, the, I, why didn't I catch on with that? And I, you know, in like my head, I'm like, like oh, jigsaw. they mean I have to give back next you will day. Have 24 hours to complete them. Yeah, or it's like requ- it's required. I want not to play like, a typing game. Totally, that's what this is. Um, the work takes 20 to 40 minutes. You can do this work at any day or night time in any text format. Once the editing is finished and you have to send the corrections back to us, you will be paid five dollars for every one kilobyte of text. Okay. One kilobyte equals about 124 characters okay you will receive approximately 8 to 10 kilobytes of text every day every business day about 50 dollars of daily income which every day i made between like 45 and 60 dollars was like kind of accurate um at the initial stage of, of cooperation you will be paid once a fortnight the first month is a guaranteed paid test period to check your responsibility and communication skills after this we will sign an employment contract with you okay so i went ahead and i did these this work. I mean, after they said Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'd like to go forward with the, the position. The first one. <laughs> first one's a TXT document that's like like a number of emails that I have to fix, like the grammar and whatever, make them make sense. Okay, so it's like. Letter, were they hard to make sense of? Sometimes they were almost impossible. Yeah. So I would like note that. I'd be like, I didn't really get what you were saying here. Yeah. And then they wouldn't even correct it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Letter for the purchaser, Michael. Dear user, on blank, 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 2023, from 927 to 928 time, there was a technical issue on our website due to the planned works. Due to technical break, the auctions have been extended for 24 hours. We apologize for any possible inconvenience. Dear friends, our company announces the continuation of the contest for the most unusual items. And it's like, then I have to like do the, the contest rules and everything. I'm just putting it all in order. So I, I send how it back. Many, can I ask you how, how long you spent doing this stuff? Like about 40 minutes. 40 minutes just on, just in total. No, every time. How many times? Six. Okay. Maybe seven. All right. So a lot of the emails were about like sales, auctions on eBay. And they were setting up that there were like the way that people were getting paid and it was supposed to look like correspondence with like real people. Mm-hmm. It's so psychological, this thing. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Here's another email for Michael. I know this one. And you know, like he sells the clocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, oh, then there's like an inter company email that's going around about crypto. They're like, we have to figure out something about these like crypto deals. Cause we're losing money on the crypto. We're only able to spend so much because of regulations in America. Like, we have to figure out a different way. So then they sent an, I see, I have to edit an email that was like, they're writing to a different proofreader that they have. And they're like, we're eliminating this position, blah, 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 blah. Wow. And, and you saw your future. You did, t- you were typing up the future. I did. And like, I was like, shit. This metaphysical kind of. And then they're like, we're hiring new eBay sellers. Would you want, like to come on for that job instead? So. What's that? What, what is, what is this some pyramid scheme thing? They're, they're supposed doing? to be selling different electronic items on ebay but ebay also has regulations it it made it seem like i don't even know if that's true it seemed possible in the email it made sense that you can only like sell a certain amount of things at a time or something okay so they need other arms yes so it's the same thing as like with the bitcoin so then we get to they send me the one of the emails that i edited (laughs) 
And I was like, what? Um, Electro World has made some changes in the way we'll be doing business in order to improve uh, customer service and efficiency of deals. So wait, that in other words, the scammers left you? Well, that's what they were saying, that they were eliminating my position. Yeah. But you didn't leave the scammers. The scammers left you. Well, no. He said, as you have been an exemplary employee and have proven yourself to be responsible and reliable, we wish to retain such a valuable individual in our employee. Therefore, we wish to offer you an alternative permanent position that offers the possibility for career growth and a significant increase in salary. This is the eBay seller position, which will give you a possibility to sell our items and get profits from successful deals. The new position will not involve any additional time demand than did the editing position. This is like meta commentary on publishing. <laughs> you know? Upon acceptance of this position, we extend the following offer to you. A fixed salary of 1500 every month, plus a 5% commission to each completed sale. Most of our sellers earn an average of 5000 to 7000 every month. And I was like, yeah, I'll take an extra 1500 a month. Whatever, I'll list some things on eBay. So wait, so you agreed to do this? I said, sure, I'll try it out. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how you guys work so far. <laughs> what? It's but like, because he was like in touch with me every day. He was giving me work. He was like giving me like the tally. He never paid me because I was supposed to get paid at the well, end of the week. I'm. Uh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> I had a feeling that that was going to happen. Mm hmm. That's what I'm embarrassed about. So, yeah, are you still... What? When When did you break it off? Well, this was all in August. In so August? Then, yeah. <laughs> okay. He said... It's been brewing for a little while. Yeah. Please see the details below. The position, uh, it takes less than 30 minutes per day, one to two days a week. You get seller's eBay account and add any payment option to it to be able to get payouts from eBay. We check your eBay account, and if anything is wrong, we inform you that you should fix... What you should fix or change. Once the eBay account is ready, we will give you the first item's details for you to list on your eBay. You yourself start the listing because the item should be listed from your PC. Then you don't log into your eBay account to avoid blocking, but wait while the item is sold. At the same time, we work on your eBay account and communicate with bidders. That was the, the moment that I was like, oh, this is a scam. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, they want like access to my eBay, eBay that's account? like in my PayPal, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bank, all of that shit. And then I just didn't write him back. So I was like, that's when I realized. Mm -hmm. So then he wrote me back the next day and he said, hello, Tracy, our experts are waiting for your information. Please send your details and questions to, and then he, he gave another address. And the next day he emailed me again. Hello, Tracy, how do you do? <laughs> we are still waiting for information from you. Please let us know if you have any difficulties waiting for your reply. I said, hey, sure, I'll fill this out today but only if you let me know when and how I will be paid for the editing work. And then he responded the next day. Thank you for your response. In case you get a salary, as we agreed earlier, we will prepare for you a contract and immediately transferred to you pay. <laughs> I'm like, you should get your proofreader back. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, or at least find another girl. Scam. <laughs> I know. Continue. So do you think they just do that for a week? They just have like a new, a weekly copy editor that they then I think they have several through, going. I right? think they have several going. They're trying to get people to talk. They're trying to, I mean, it's a really good scam because they're like really like dragging it on. You, you definitely develop a little bit of trust because it's like, oh, they're not asking anything yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's a real you know, for like kind a week. of, it's and almost then, like the game. And you know? you're it's editing. Like a tailored experience. Right. And you're editing emails between coworkers that in different countries that are basically explaining this thing that they offer to you later. And you're uh, like, Oh, I know this. Yeah. I did a, I, I did an email about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
So then he said, uh, we apologize for this pause in the work. It relates to technical issues. That's why we offer you another job. So you do not waste any time and money. We respect your decision and are ready to continue, continue our cooperation. And I said, okay, thank you. Can we set up the payment information right now? Yeah. And he's, and then he didn't reply. Yeah. I think at that point I knew that I was being scammed and I wasn't going to go any further, but for some reason I thought I'd be able to get the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, maybe like, maybe like if they give, they'll give me money. You strike me as being at least 15% honest. <laughs> well, no, maybe it's part of like the, the, the mentality of like trying to like trick you into it. Like, oh, well they already paid me for this thing. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll transfer the money over to Bitcoin to them or whatever, you know? Um, and then I looked on Reddit july 2022 proofreading assistant scam on upwork yeah there's a lot of work from home job scams mm -hmm. I, yeah. I didn't realize that yeah there's all different ones one person explained part of the scam okay yes it's a scam they'll send you a check for the equipment they cover tell you to order it from their supplier who is also the scammer and then the check will bounce leaving you out of pocket several hundred several thousand dollars i think it's like the ebay thing yeah, it's like yeah. Kinda, I assumed they would. You'd have to give them money at some yes, point. Yes, yeah, or, and and the Bitcoin stuff. Like right. you bought, you send them Bitcoin, and then they're gonna send you a check. Yeah, <laughs> for cash. You know, it's been going on for years, and apparently other people fall for it. Yeah, and I assume that they're not like total idiots because they're proofreading, and you have to be at least a little bit with it to proofread. Yeah, you know, you have to. It's you know, not that easy a specialized skill yeah right for people who read yeah not everyone does i know you know julia knows this story because i was telling her about this job when i got it and i was like yeah this, they offered me this other job that was like for more money and i was like okay i guess i'll do it and she's like you better make sure this isn't a scam and i was like no it's totally not a scam it was totally a scam so i never told julia so she's probably hearing about it first right now hey julia everybody else <laughs> totally embarrassed yeah <laughs> i fell for a scam i wasted my time one time I stayed up late doing it. So I had to like go to a uh, like a, an event, you know, after work hours. And I was like, all right, I'll get to this when I get home. It sounds like it gave you something to believe in. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even for a lot. It was $190. That was like such an, I think, <laughs> I think you should leave skit. Like somebody falling for a scam, but like getting so involved in the drama <laughs> of it or just like the... <laughs> the rat-a-tat of the email exchange <laughs> that you were shaping. <laughs> <laughs> really taking pride in your work. I was. <laughs> You're like walking around in your living room with high heels on. <laughs> I was like, thank God they have me. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good thing going. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I. It doesn't sound like your gut was useful here. So I would say trust your gut, but maybe, maybe the lesson is don't trust your gut. <laughs> well, the thing is that like, it really fucked with me because I really had never heard of work from home job scams like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Outside of like pyramid schemes. Right, right, right. I haven't, I haven't heard about, I mean, I certainly, as soon as you said it, it's like, oh yeah, of course, but I haven't heard stories yet until today, actually. It's the first one. That's <laughs> no, my first. I've always been a trailblazer. Right. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so that's I think that's what threw me like that they would actually put up a position and like get people that way. It's a yeah. it's kind of brilliant. Well, it's a very long game. Yeah. It's for, you have to be organized. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like they are. Yeah. They were that's, smarter than me. 
I mean, it is kind of wild that it's they have like the multi-armed operation. They have a, a bunch of different departments and stuff. I mean, like, I think that how they have many... so much. They make so much money doing they that must. it's worth it. Yeah, they must. Yeah, it's just like a factory for them. And I'm a 44 year old New Yorker. I shouldn't be falling for this <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, you, maybe you use this as a moment, right? You use this as a lesson. This is a teaching Absolutely. moment. Yeah. But that's also good. an idea for content. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the best teaching yeah, moment of everything all. Everything is happy. Right. Teach, <laughs> teach me to love this thing that happened. <laughs> teach me to teach others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teach actually, teach. I'm a horrible teacher. I'm a really good student. Terrible teacher. Teach me to teach me. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really so far. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, it makes sense. Good. It makes it made sense in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be there. It made sense in the moment. Is such a like good theme for um, quiet storm kind of song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It would be about a, a, an illicit a affair. Tryst, yeah. I mean, it would have to be like very kind of like it's his brother's wife. But it made sense in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the I think all the courses should be about like their families. Yes. And the relationships totally. they have. It could be a little the, narrative. The I like children. a little narr- yeah. narrative in yeah. a ballad in a quiet storm When you song. get to the bridge, though, it's going to be all about how this what the sex is like. Mm-hmm. You should work on that. Okay. All right. Well. Play this and I'll I'll transcribe it in a few days. <laughs> keep it in. Or send it to me if you're not going to keep it in. Do you have anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have the Millie Vanilli thing. Did you ever, did you watch the Millie Vanilli I movie? I completely forgot about it. Um, it's a documentary? It's a documentary on Paramount Plus by Luke Quorum. And, yeah, uh, I got rid of Paramount Plus. H- Hanif or Hanif? Probably Hanif. I'm not even going to, I don't know how to say his last name. He's a great writer. His last name is, I'll spell it for you. A-B-D-U-R-R-A-Q-I-B. I I mean, I think I could do it, but I don't want to butcher it at all. You know, that's how you spell it. He's a critic that he's a great writer. He wrote this uh, really great book of essays. And I'm not one for books of essays in general called A Little Devil in America. But it's it's collected criticism and it's it was really good and brilliant. And he like co-produced this and he's in it and he uh, he feels somewhat like a guiding force to me i thought it was so good i it made me cry yeah well you know rob had like a really tragic life he was an orphan and he was like always trying to like he was in an orphanage literally in germany trying to like get adopted what year was he born was it like in the 60s that's a good question uh i think they were both born in the 60s were they from east or west germany Munich, West Germany. He was born in 1965, and he he died in of an overdose or whatever in 1998. I think it was. I didn't know he died. Yeah. Are they both dead? Or, or? no, no. Are they twins? Fab. No, they were. Fab is French. Oh, they're not brothers. Fabrice Morvan, Fab. I, I guess I no, thought they were not brothers. brothers. Were they lovers? They, you know, the weird thing was, I mean, Fab talks about in the documentary about being excited to go to LA for the girls. Okay, but. And he does have a partner now, but Rob... That's a woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll show you her, actually. Okay. There's, there's a good part in there. Do they have the there. same hair? No, they have very different hair, and actually, 
the hair is part of the discussion. Oh, funnily enough, he kind of thrived, and he at least what he says in the movie is very kind of. And when I say thrived, I mean he's it was really hard for him. The the, the conceit of the movie is that like there's more to blame than the, these two guys who had a bunch of white people around them propping them up. And then when they when there was time when it came time to take a fall, they were like they let them take the fall, and everybody else was fine. You know, Clive Davis had to know about that. He had they were signed to Arista. Yeah. Usually, there's some kind of showcase that happens when you get signed. Yeah, and you have to sing in front of exactly like in a exactly. room. Exactly, a showcase. Yeah. And so and and okay, so the first thing that was amazing, what what they talk about in the movie that I find very plausible is that uh, it was the Grammy, really, that took them down. Why? Because it just put a bigger target on them, and they did not want them to be nominated for a Grammy at all. (laughs) And it was, I'm going to, I don't know if he's gay, but in my fantasy, this this guy, their assistant manager, was kind of like a meddling gay that brought, that inadvertently brought down Millie Vanilli. Oh my God, the manager did it? It was the assistant manager, because he, he I'll, I'll show you the clip. Arista, BMG, they were cashing in the bucks. And the whole thing with Millie Vanilli would have kept going if they had not been nominated for the Grammys. I actually want to say one thing real quick about Mm -hmm. Millie Vanilli keeping going. I'm actually kind of fascinated at the moment by the very... What's keeping going? Keeping going. Millie Vanilli, if Millie Vanilli would have kept going. Oh. I'm fascinated by the short careers. There were multiple acts that were like hugely famous like color me bad had like three number one singles and no matter what color me bad did you heard about it for like a year yes and then now yeah even like hammer you know was never as big as please hammer don't hurt him too legit to quit was a relative disappointment and it was all downhill from there yeah uh paula abdul you know she had two big albums and her first album was in the 80s a little bit different but like it was the same kind of thing where like after spellbound it was like nope bye yeah you know it was like this real kind of like Taylor Dane had a few. She was spread over, but she had a short shelf life. CNC yeah. Music Factory had one album that was but big. They were you know? so huge. So huge. For, yeah, like two years. Just inescapable, you know? And then, so I think Millie Vanilli actually would have been like one of these groups as well. Right. I think this would have been their big album. They weren't, they weren't going to be Boys to Men. They weren't, but even Boys to Men, that's another big example. They were so huge. And then when their fourth album comes out, it's kind of like, I mean, even the third album was kind of like, eh. They lasted longer than like a year. They did. Like, they lasted. They had, they had they started two when I was like in, massive albums I and feel, what, soundtrack songs. The end of the road. Holy High Harmony come out. Uh, 90. Okay. And then I feel like and then I two was still was 92, loving. I think, or 93. When women's, uh, yeah. It went like on Bended Knee and stuff. When were those singles out? They were uh, out when was I was like in high school. That was like 93, 94. And then One Sweet Day. Yes. One Sweet Day. Was 95. So they they went on for a while. They did, but given their profile, also like by the by the fourth album, they're gone. Was Water Runs Dry? Was that on two? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, a good. That's a good song. That's a great song, and I like Unbended Knee too. It's uh, Water Runs Dry. That's filmed outside of Roswell. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's it's like white desert sands. Yeah, I went there. So, uh, but but even given that level of success. You know, after three albums, they were done. 
So it's just it's just weird that happened to a lot of acts in the 90s. It was a really big 90s. I mean, even look at Alanis Morissette. I know people get upset when no, I, I say the truth. But like she flopped after her second after her first album. Everything else was a disappointment. People do not like to hear that. But it is like if if a supposed former infatuation junkie went triple platinum and did so on fumes, mm. you know, you don't have to like convince me about well that. i've been thinking about this for years <laughs> <laughs> i'm finally getting the chance anyway uh, millie vanilli why did you get in trouble for submitting them well because nobody see most everybody knew the secret oh he's gay and i did they never told me this so i just assumed they sang you know <laughs> <laughs> so we're at a conference meeting and I said, I think Millie Vanilli could get nominated for Grammy. I thought Blame It On The Rain was a Grammy song. They laughed at me and they're like, trust me, Millie Vanilli's never gonna get nominated for Grammy. So I called National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. They put me right through to Mike Green's office, the president of NERIS. I had no idea how somebody actually does get nominated. And he said, oh, you just put it on your management company letterhead. Please consider Millie Vanilli. Wait, so he wrote for them to be nominated? So yeah. I Everybody was like, no, no, they're not going to. Why not did gonna, he do that? Because he really <laughs> so believed in them. <laughs> Millie Vanilli was on it. Just everything hit the fan. Clive called Sandy and threw a hissy fit. And then Sandy called See, he me knew. absolutely yeah. furious. Like, look they what all you've knew. done. I'm like, why doesn't anybody want them to have a Grammy Award? <laughs> <laughs> I would actually be the same way. <laughs> I would totally, be, I would if totally like Millie sign Vanilli someone up for an award. nominated for the lip sync awards, that would Wait, have been who fine. Else? They were up they this is, this, this goes into it. Musical award. And they were up against people who produce music and write music and sing. They were up against the Indigo Girls. This incredible folk duo who sang these beautiful, deep songs. <laughs> Lesbians. Tone Loke. Tone Loke made brilliantly constructed records oh, full of incredibly clever Yeah, Rob Sheffield's in it. Nana Cherry, who had a really interesting debut album and had a lot to say. Soul to Soul changed the way R&B music sounded. They changed the way music moved. And so if I'm one of those artists, I'm like, these guys? Honestly, what should have won, who should have won in terms of like the longevity was the Indigo Girls. They had the longest careers. I mean, I love Soul to Soul. And, and Nina Cherry had like a really, she she actually completely warranted it in, in England. She was just, she didn't have as many hits here really, but she was definitely best cool. new artist. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love Buffalo Stance. It's like really one of my favorite songs of all time. I once did a karaoke and it was not a good idea. Oh, yikes. <laughs> you have to be amongst people who want to hear Buffalo Stance, <laughs> it turns out. I feel like you like a, a good, solid karaoke song that everyone is okay with is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Sure. No matter what time of year, <laughs> off-season Christmas. Yeah, yeah, add a little spice. <laughs> a little Christmas spice to your March. No, it'd be cloves, probably. Yeah, cloves and... <laughs> Pine needles ground up. I always thought Millie Vanilli, like after the fact, was kind of a ridiculous project because they're both ridiculous and they're not. I mean, let's watch them dance. Okay. Okay. But also, like, 
do they do they talk about the hair in this? They talk about yes, how they did they the talk hair about on purpose. Everything they, that they yes. would match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about everything. Like they what actually part of what I like so much is it goes into before the Grammy, like after kind of the the lip syncing live stuff broke. The girl you know, it's girl you know, yeah. it's girl you know, it's girl you know, it's um <laughs> that uh. They were kind of made fun of a lot in culture. It kind of had already, they had like this string, this crazy string of singles, like I think three number ones. I think Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, Baby Don't Forget My Number, and Blame It on the Rain all went to number one. Girl, you know, yeah, it's I forgot true. about Baby Don't Forget My Number. Well, that's the video that we should watch because okay. they're. The, their dancing is not that good. The voice. Oh, of, I thought their whole thing was their dancing. It is their whole their thing. Whole... They're worth. How old were they at this point? Good question. So Rob was born in 65. So he was like in his in his early 20s because they broke in like 88 in, in Europe and it was 89 that girl, you know, it's true is huge here. And through that, they got signed. And that's how they say that's how they kind of explain it, that like they'd already had a deal in place. And Arista was basically acquiring acts at that point. An awesome thing about the KLF is that they got their attention by sampling Whitney Houston and Arista, I think, sent them cease and desist. Cease and desist. <laughs> cease and desist. In Housewives land, one time a housewife was serving one of those and she called it assist and desist. <laughs> and they ended up signing them. You know, instead of suing them, they ended up signing them. Like in the documentary, they talked to the real voices. Were the real voices black? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, both the rapper. There was a rapper that they went with that then started calling the press after Girl, You Know It's True, which was the first so thing they did. What did those people look like? Were they just not attractive enough to be pop they stars? They looked, I mean, I guess, but also like there were some weird looking people that were putting out records in the 80s <laughs> and 90s, you know, with yeah. weird. I mean, like it wasn't there. What The beauty standard was way more diverse in a way. Wait, so when... Did they decide to fake? So did they hire these people yeah, and so then Frank decide Fair to fake it because they were like, oh, they can't fucking sing? Or were they like, let's let's put together a musical act that's, you know. It was basically like Frank Farian, who'd already done this with Boney M, which was a, never had a hit in America, actually. But it was a huge disco, like a very popular disco, like disco disco, not even like Euro disco kind of thing uh -huh. from uh, Germany uh, that was extremely popular in Europe just like really really big and so then he just basically decided to put together this thing he had these songs that he thought were great and that was the building block of it so he got the vocalist and he got the performers and you know um hannah in the in the documentary makes the point that like that literally didn't hurt anybody and i wish the documentary kind of went into a little bit more of like a all of the lip-syncing drama of the early 90s because that really just rocked my world <laughs> constantly lip syncing like what do i how do i feel about this <laughs> you know constantly talking about it because there was cnc music factory and black box and janet right. jackson and madonna doing it in concert yeah and uh there were like more than that even there paul abdul was was accused of, of lip syncing it was just constantly a thing that people were talking about yeah paula abdul actually has she ever like you know because because even like Julie Andrews, when she still could sing, would sometimes like just, you know, sing a little acapella like in an interview or something. Like, I feel like every singer, you still hear them sing at some point. Like even like Ashley Simpson, I've heard sing. Right. I've never heard Paula do that. Yeah, I don't know. that. Like she, she doesn't seem that musical, right? No. Yeah, I don't know that her. I, I mean, I know that she was clearly a pop star. So like 
I think she was more like a showgirl type of thing, you know, and it was like whatever it takes to get to like performer kind of thing. Cause obviously dancing was always her strong suit. You yeah. Know? And that kind of did, you know, you don't open a video with yourself tap dancing if you're not trying to show off your moves. He introduced himself as Fabrice, but I didn't know who he was. He has such short hair and he has a different face than <laughs> short hair. So in the beginning, actually, when we were dating, people were like, hey, Tessa, hey, Tessa, hey, I see you tomorrow. And, you know, I was the one being recognized. So it was no signs that he was Millie Vanilli. Hmm? <laughs> we had just fun together and we were working out together and we had those dates. I started to really like this guy. And you talk with your friends about, you know, your new one of them experience. Was one of the million one was vanilla? No. What did Millie Vanilli mean? Nothing. It's just like a okay. nonsense kind of thing. Okay. Because I like Fabrice, so. I didn't think she would like wanna be with me. Oh, but he has the hair now. Yeah. I have to tell her, listen, my life is not great. I was like, well, don't worry. Those have to know. be extensions, right? I got I think you. So. you he, they would never they have grown out, grown out that fast. And so, you know, it goes into like his, like, what is it like to be Milli Vanilli? And, uh, you know, I found it ultimately uplifting. And he sings in it. Is it good? It's not bad. No. We're going back down memory lane with some more. When people think of Millie Vanilli, the one thing I want people to think of is that when you fall, you can't stand back up. And Rob is part of that. I'm honoring his name every time I perform on stage. You fall, you stand back up, and you reinvent yourself. Diane Warren wrote that. Did she? Yeah. She's in this. Oh, she is? Yeah. So, um, how did Rob die? Of of drug overdose, basically. On purpose or by accident? No, I think it was ruled accidental. And how long after, like, they were found out, did he die? Oh, it was that day. It was the um, Frank Farian's former girlfriend that was also, like, she was not his partner. He would he, he didn't seem to have that. And by the way, he still is alive. Who? He's not in the documentary. Frank Farian, who did all this, who put okay. it together and then kind of I mean, there's footage of him being like, I made out easy. Nobody really cared about me. And it's like, come on. Made Wait, off easy. But, but, but um, so did, she found so, him. But she, when did he die? He was in touch with her. He had latched onto her like a mother figure because he had didn't, never had a mother. And so they, she said that their relationship, like they were like, I don't know if she says that they were in love, but I think that she said that they loved each other. They had sex. They did not have sex, according oh. to her. And she would just kind of like um, hold him. Okay. So was he gay? 
I don't know. I mean, right, I don't know when what did he, he died. Was. Like, how long after the scandal did he die? Oh, uh, 98. So it, the scandal happened in 90, at the end of 90. Okay. So it had been a while. Yes. And he what did been, they do for money after all this? I mean, it was like they they really they tried to launch their own career. Frank Farian had the second Millie Vanilli album put together when everything broke. And then he tried to put the original, the actual singers, singer and rapper and singers, except then he threw in other people that were not singers. Like he kept, he kept doing it. Like he just couldn't why? stop. Yeah, he why? just couldn't stop. I don't know. <laughs> it's like throw her in there. So yeah. And I don't think, I think the backup singers who are also like everybody that sings on that first album is in this movie and they have opinions, <laughs> especially the two backup singers, the two women. I have a question did you write um pregnant with myself and was did we air that on a main episode or was that always on a bonus uh i think it was um i think it was actually i think it was on the the first i think it was on the main okay but then i fleshed it out okay at home and talked and sang that on the bonus or played it i think i played okay. it in my demo so rich wrote this song and one of our listeners Catherine, yes. covered it and you know, put some instrumentation to it and some backing Harmonies. vocals. It's beautiful. I it can't is believe so that good. I'm. I can't believe that this came from. This originally came from my brain. I couldn't be prouder that I could be, play a part in creating. She really brought out the beauty. It's gorgeous. It's. I love it. Okay, so um, before we get to that, just want to say uh, Patreon.com/slash/PotPsychology. We we post a lot of stuff. Actually, I feel like we we're active. We're at, we actively post on there. Yeah. We do two different bonus episodes a week, depending on what tier you're subscribed to. Uh, Patreon.com slash pot psychology. We're also doing ANTM cycle two for our Wawoo. And uh, we it was makeovers this week, which I love. Right. Love. Like I said on our last episode, makeovers are the May of ANTM. <laughs> yeah. Got your whole future ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, you're still looking Don't forward. Don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> There's yeah, so like, many possibilities. Totally. <laughs> Everything's exciting. I, I will say that one thing that's really striking me is just how horrible the photo shoots are almost uniformly. Yeah. Why were they so much better the last time? It's like it's like she had better professional photographers because, last time because last time they weren't trying to do like stunts yeah they were just like let's just like be basic and now we'll do they could have really just kept that format changed it a little bit yeah but they just like went full fun house within like two cycles they really did i mean literally and i think also th this is the episode that we're going to be talking about is when they have to in cycle two when they have to hang in that like big like industrial kind of like warehouse like thing point. that has just big holes going through yeah. floors. Yeah, probably from like silos or some yeah. shit that used to be in there. Yeah, bad. I thought this picture. I thought the pictures were almost all bad. Yeah, I did think that Katie's looked cool. I, and I I was uh, really into Shandy's. Oh yeah, Shandy is really blossoming. Yeah, <laughs> like she's I, really I love coming to watch into her herself. Grow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's true oh i'll post the picture of me and shandy that i took in like i think it was like 2007 ish 2008 Anthrax. so it had been a while since she had been on yeah um okay uh and now for pregnant with myself written by rich jesviak and performed by our listener Catherine. so good it's you know it's been in my head all week i know I wanna be pregnant with myself 
For the first time in my life I wanna be pregnant with myself Gonna be my own wife I wanna be pregnant with myself It's my way of meditation I wanna be pregnant with myself Yes, I start by masturbating